You're listening to Over the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. We're here with Ram rookie Robert Ferris, who we're going to be featuring uh, from interview number one today all the way through your successful finish in Annapolis. Correct, <laughs> hopefully, Rob? Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what is it? I mean, Ram for a lot of people is kind of a long dream coming. And how long have you wanted to do this? You know, it's a funny question. I actually looked back at one of the bucket lists that I wrote about eight years ago when I was in college. Uh, I, at the time, I'd just gotten into Ironman, and um, it just really appealed to me. It's something that, you know, just kind of took my imagination and created a real big challenge for me. And uh, it's been that long. You know, it's been about eight years coming. And I've had success in Ironman distances and, and uh, the Minnesota Ram Challenge. Um, and how did you get into that? So you've been doing triathlon. Um, what was it like to stop swimming and running and focus on one sport? <laughs> it was surprisingly easy, actually. Uh, so Ironman was uh, it's an interesting challenge. Uh, it's great to uh, be multi-sport in that aspect because it's full body. But uh, the solo training and a lot of the repetition that became Ironman, I just didn't feel like there was enough challenge for me there anymore. So I ended up getting into bike racing. Uh, where I did that at Duke University during my graduate career and uh, really got into the team aspect, really got into just focusing on cycling. It quickly became my strength. Um, after I left Duke, I was kind of floating around at different teams and uh, the Minnesota Ram Challenge popped up and I saw that as an opportunity to get back into that ultra-endurance realm that I uh, had been missing for the past couple of years. Now, do you keep swimming and running as part of your training? Because it is whole body. I mean, uh, swimming, I think, is nothing but good for your ultra cycling. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, I'll i get in the pool every once in a while uh, here in Boulder. It's uh, pretty easy because we have an outdoor pool. It's year-round. But, uh, you know, for the most part, cycling takes up enough time, and uh, I'll walk or, or jog my dog. But uh, there's enough going on there that I don't need to get into it. The extra sport I would love to add to training is Nordic skiing. Yes, actually. So I got into uh, cross-country skiing in Minnesota. So we have a set for a okay, classic there you skate. Go. <laughs> and uh, just recently, I got into backcountry skiing here in Colorado. And I think that is actually even better. Uh, there's a little bit more of an excitement aspect. But there's still the adventure part of ultra-endurance cycling is just replicated with backcountry skiing. And uh, I don't think you can beat a better cardio workout than skinning up a hill with 35 pounds on your back. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing a little bit of that this winter just for, just for kicks and adventures. But, uh, most of the time we'll be on the bike. We're visiting with Robert Ferris, who has made the decision this year to race solo Ram as a rookie. Uh, <laughs> so tell us about the Minnesota Ram challenge. How did that go? 400 miles, correct? Yep. Uh, just under about 380 to be more exact, but, mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, uh, the, those remaining 20 miles can be a big deal. Yeah, they matter. <laughs> um, so that was, uh, you know, surprisingly kind of a sudden decision. We had about a month or two before the actual event. And you did I, that I found quick. out that it was there. Um, yeah, I had been on a bike racing team. So I was sponsored by Eric's Bike Shop out in Minnesota. Uh, they are Midwestern focused between Chicago, Wisconsin, and um, Minnesota. And, you know, it was one of those things I, the weekend opened up and, uh, we had a couple of months and I looked at my wife and I said, Hey, let's do this. And she said, hell yeah. So we, uh, we signed up. I had uh, an opportunity to do, uh, a few really long rides over some weekends, some double headers, uh, how I called it, but it was very ad hoc. 
I'll admit. Uh, we put together the crew pretty quickly with just some local friends, um, just sitting in a car for a Saturday kind of a thing. And uh, we put together the, the food plan uh, based on my experience with Ironman training and um, just long rides in general. And uh, we just did it. You know, it was one of those things. And it, it turned out surprisingly well. Uh, we ended up winning. I was going to say, come yeah. on now, you can tell us that you won. <laughs> right. So uh, I was really excited. I think I made a lot of mistakes, but it turned out okay. Uh, so I was so excited on that starting line that I actually ended up going to the front of the pack uh, within the first mile, probably. Um, I think we averaged about 24 miles an hour for the first couple of hours and then 22 for the first 100. Uh, the teams finally caught me around 10 a.m., and um, I'll admit that's when my legs started talking back to me. Uh, and then from there out, I just focused on keeping my cadence, and I ended up winning by a little over an hour, almost two, and um, almost setting the course record. And we finished within 22 hours and change kind of a thing. So. Yeah, you're the kind of guy the veterans are watching going, yeah, just let him go. Yeah. And then you yeah. ride away. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was luck. I mean, coming from a bike racing background, I think that did favor me. Uh, pacing will be an issue when you get into longer distances, as I'm sure you know. So uh, there's some things I still need to learn about the the long, long stuff. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those experiences that I'll never forget. So that actually fuels me for Ram when I think about all the adversity I'm going to overcome, uh, all the scenes I'm going to see, the, the natural terrain and uh, the different parts of the country. Those are the kind of things that get me up in the morning. So I think it'll be fun. So 380 miles, just going to do a little reality check. Okay. That gets you to maybe the top of Yarnell. Yeah, I know. So... <laughs> Yeah. You've got another nine days to ride, 10 days maybe. Um, have you, when the reality of that really sinks in, is that kind of sobering? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It actually kind of scares the crap out of me, to be honest. Good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's one of those things that um, doesn't let me slack off. You know, it's, you think about how you start RAM, right? So it's basically. 30, 40 hours of straight riding because you don't want to get caught in that desert. And basically that means I'll probably be starting with one of the longest rides I will have done without sleep um, other than training ever. And that that's very sobering. And then you have, like you said, another 8 to 10 days of just straight riding on top of that. So, um, yes, it's very sobering. It's very sobering. Have you been thinking about a sleep plan? What you want to do there? How many people you're going to pick on your crew? Who have you been talking to? Mm -hmm. um, I really want to get into the fundamentals of your race preparation now yep. and follow you throughout the whole season, again, through your successful finish, because yeah. I'm counting on greeting you in Annapolis. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I look forward to that too, actually. So the uh, we're looking at, basically, we're trying to solve one problem at a time. Um, I have my training plan set up, and within that, I have certain blocks where I'll be focused on uh, sleep deprivation training just to know how it feels, uh, doing some longer rides, some week-long, week-and-a-half-long big camps just to see how it feels. Uh, so that was the first problem to solve. So that's underway. We've got one, my base training block uh, last month under my belt. I got the next base phase coming up. Uh, it's been coming together really well, actually, so that's good. Uh, the next one was about transportation and crew. So I have six 
or seven of my what I would target as eight crew members done. We also have the RV rented. So those are two big check marks, right? Yeah, thumbs up on that one. Uh, after that, we're going to start talking logistics for sleep, uh, logistics for supporting me as a rider with the two cars. We'll have the RV and the follow car. So um, logistics for sleep for you as well as the exactly. crew. Yeah, so I'm hoping to get about an hour and a half of a straight block and then maybe one or two 10 to 15 minute cat naps during the day. That's the, that's the goal. I have to test that while I'm training. Obviously I want to see how I respond to that. So I'll have a few within those training blocks. I'll have a few days where I'll see how that goes. Um, and see if I need more. Frankly, I don't know how little sleep I can go on. So I want to make sure I'm at least comfortable with that. And then we'll get into a rhythm during Ram. We'll be flexible, but I want to have at least a plan in place around that. So that's going to come together over the next few months. Um, where we, we, I test out the sleep part of it. Um, after that, it's nutrition, and we're putting together. I have a list of foods that I typically eat, everything from the, you know, the the drinks and the hydration to the portables that I like to eat to the junk food that I really just start craving when I get on those really long rides. So we have hey, that. You put You need together. whatever calories you can get in. It's true, yeah, and that's um, I've I've been lucky with that. I have a pretty ironclad stomach. That's a good thing. Um, it is. Uh, my issue will be hydration. I sweat a lot. And uh, keeping on top of the salt balance is going to be key, especially in these longer things. We ended up doing some pretty wacky things in Minnesota, and it worked. So we'll keep that in mind for the Ram Challenge. Um, but then after that, you know, there's there's lots of details that will fall into place. But we'll make sure we get the big ones done first. So we'll talk about that more as we go through the rest of the podcasts, I suppose. What uh, are you looking at? Have you scheduled in any long rides that maybe you're over 30 hours? Uh, any races that you're thinking you might prepare for early season? Um, anything like that? Yeah, so I've been looking at the race schedule. Um, it's a bit of a challenge, especially with me and what I consider racing. It takes a lot out of me. So uh, the timing of those races are going to be kind of critical because I don't want to knock myself down too much. Um, with that, I consider these longer rides essential to understand the execution part of it and the mental challenge that will happen. So I do have some of those longer rides planned. Um, I'd prefer to do them in a group. Maybe you and I can get together sometime and go for some of those longer rides. I'm runs. telling you, what I would really recommend is Brevet Series with yes. Rocky Mountain Cycling Club. Yep. I mean, that gets you out to, you know, 600K rides, 370 to 375. Yep. Um, and you also have the advantage of living in Colorado. I'm wondering if you're going to do, you were talking about some of the week long blocks mm -hmm. of going to four corners or so, and then riding the stretch over Wolf Creek pass, um, you know, heading West from the Eastern or <laughs> that was real good heading East from the Western Colorado border. <laughs> yep, exactly. I mean, we're, in a, we're in a lucky spot here in Boulder. It's kind of like a cycling playground. So those kinds of adventure rides, um, I think we call them credit card touring that yeah, well, where you Those can actually get on the Ram route. Exactly. You know, actually I've been debating if I want to get on the Ram route or not. I am highly motivated by new courses and new roads. So I actually, you know, I can do hard rides and routes around here uh, that aren't actually on the course and it might keep it a little bit fresh for me mentally. So I'm playing around with that, but uh uh, the longer rides and um, heading across the, the Rockies over a week and then coming back, stuff like that, 
those will definitely be on the agenda. Oh, I mean, there's some amazing double yeah. century courses out of here, steep climbing gravel sections. Mm-hmm. I mean, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to get back to nutrition and salt. What what were the things that you did in Minnesota that <laughs> that yeah. kept you going? You know, one of my dirty little secrets is uh, when I start getting dehydrated, I start downing Pedialyte hard. Oh, that's a great thing. That's a great one. Um, Pedialyte, if you like the taste, you need it. If you yeah. can't stand it, <laughs> you're yeah. generally okay. Yeah. It's, it's an acquired taste, you know. It's uh, When you start feeling better, I think your mind starts tricking you to think that it actually tastes good. So that's probably a good thing. But, um, yeah, we started doing the Pedialyte thing. I use Accelerade when mm-hmm. I when I can, uh, usually a thicker concentration, but that works pretty well. Um, but most of the other stuff is I stay away from those processed uh, uh, nutrition bars like Power Bars and Cliff Bars. Their dehydration process when they are, you know, selling their bars, it really actually affects your GI system because it sucks water out of your body just to digest it. So I've moved to the portables. Um, I use you know, gluten-free breads and I rebake them with, you know, flavorful things like, you know, cinnamon and, um, so lots of Alan Lim's recipes. Yeah. A lot of those actually, um, they're phenomenal and they have a lot more water content, so they're easier to digest and they go straight into the bloodstream from the, the glucose perspective. So a lot of those things worked well. And then, you know, sticking to some normal foods, I think at one point I, I I downed a, um, a can of corn, uh, just to change it up. It was just something savory that was different. So, um, How about heat? What are you going to do to prepare for the desert? Or, I mean, you really can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know uh, I listened to the podcast from last year and uh, they did some heat acclimatization out in the desert. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that as far as time. I do work full time. So um, I don't know if I'll have enough vacation time to handle that as well as um, all the training that I have to do. But um, it is a concern in general. I think uh, just having some nights where you, you don't turn on the air conditioning in the summer should do the trick for us. I think my wife will just have to bear with it. Except it's so early in the summer. It's it hard. It's it hard is. to go out there. It's intimidating, at least I feel, mentally, when you're heading out to the desert and you haven't done very many rides without arm warmers, knee warmers, and a vest. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a legitimate concern, and it knocked a lot of people out last year. So, uh, last year was especially hot though. Yeah, and and hopefully we won't see that again. I don't know. We're coming on the tail end of that El Nino year. I have a feeling it's not going to be much better. Um, and you know, who knows? Temperatures keep going up anyway. So I don't know if it'll be better if we, even if we waited two years. So, um, it is a concern. I think, uh, it's one of those things we'll have to figure it out. Maybe when I was training for Kona, when I was prepping for that, um, race, it's extremely hot and humid. Um, and I was coming from North Carolina, which had its climates, but it was never the same temperatures, especially with the humidity. So we did a lot of rides in, uh, in full, almost winter gear. Oh, you did during the heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to, you know, trick your body in a little bit and it does work. So you know, bundling up. Really, the biggest adaptation that you get when you get to heat acclimatization is your body's able to sweat more. So, um, keeping that in mind, you can you can force your body to kind of um, induce additional um, uh, temperature regulation. Now, you work full time. What do you do, and how are you maintaining a family life and uh, working in the training schedule that this requires? Yeah. So, I have a wonderful wife who is also an athlete. So first off, she has a deep understanding of what um, it takes 
uh, we met through triathlon actually. So, um, we had a very serious conversation before I signed up for Ram about, you know, the time commitment, but overall it's not, it's not that much more than what I would do in my normal training cycle. So that's good. Um, and the work-life balance is something that I'm able to strike, um, reasonably well. I'm a product manager over at Micromotion here in Boulder, so I manage um, a high-precision flow technology that we sell across industries, um, and uh, it, it is a demanding job. It's um, hundreds of millions of dollars of sales a year, and it's one of those things that it keeps me mentally engaged, but um, the weekends are free for me to do my warrior sessions. Which and, is great. Uh, usually, it means I make the weeks uh, higher intensity, shorter duration, so I have lots of intervals, Monday through Friday kind of a thing. And then I tack on the long stuff on the weekends, which seems to work for me. What was it like for you when you sent in your entry fee? Because that's kind of the, <laughs> I'm really committing to do this. It's no longer a, I hate using the word dream because it just turns into a nightmare for something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be a blend of that, I'm sure. Um, you know, it was actually pretty exciting. I hadn't been that giddy about clicking a button on a screen since my first Ironman registration. Because it was like, holy crap, I've never done something this bad before. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope I can finish kind of a feeling. And uh, it actually gets me pretty excited. I haven't had that feeling in about 8 to 10 years. Um, so it makes me feel like a kid again a little bit. And I'm wondering how you're going to feel when you hit Annapolis. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Probably not as good. Uh, I'm just banking on you know not remembering half of the race. And then I can just tune it all out. But, you know, even with Minnesota Ram Challenge, we talk about how well it went. There was a lot of adversity there. I have gone through some serious pain pain points with Ironman training. Uh, you don't remember those long-term. Your brain's really good at forgetting them. So uh, you talk about the, the high points usually. But I always like to say, and actually it's true for Ram, um, athletes that do Ram aren't pessimists. It's just by nature. You just, You have to be an optimist about it. You have to be a realist in a lot of ways, but you have to be a little bit of idealist. Like, yeah, I can, I can figure that out and, and I'll make it happen kind of a thing. So. And you just have to push through those low points that yeah. are going to come. Yeah. You know, I never forgot the pain. Really? You're unfortunate. Maybe Which, I'm lucky. No, it, it Well, then why do you keep signing up then? Because I remember what it was like to go through it. Oh, okay. And so I don't want to forget that. I want to remember how bad it hurts. But so just be prepared for it and then know I can deal with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, agree uh, I love the race. Love oh. it. <laughs> so it, it's fun to be around someone who hasn't done the event yet and just see that enthusiasm and hear the enthusiasm and really hope that you have a successful race and a great experience. I appreciate that. I'm sure we'll, uh, see each other a lot out on the road and obviously through these podcasts, but it'll be a good adventure. All right. Robert Ferris. Great to visit with you. Look forward to doing these regularly. Uh, we're probably going to do one or two a month leading up to March. And then in April, as your training ramps up, your preparation really ramps up. Uh, we'll be doing actually close to weekly check-ins with you. Sounds great. You know, I'm local, so it's easy. All right. Over the top cycling Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.